2: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Welcome back to the Blake Swihart Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devereaux. And today, I am joined by Brian Joyner and Matt Collins of Over the Monster. Guys, how are we doing? Tired. Wonderful. Nice. We have two differing levels of excitement today. Matt, why are you so tired over there?
1: Because it's snowing, and I've been stuck inside all day, and I don't like being stuck inside all day, yeah, so
0: True. of it. It stinks. You could always go out and shovel your neighbors like a good Samaritan.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't even—I got to plow for my own driveway. I'm not going to go shovel. I'm the only—I'm like the only house on my street with a driveway anyway, so I'm living the high life.
0: Oh, okay, okay. All right, guys. So let's uh, let's get right to it. Uh, as as promised, this is the Blake Swihart podcast, uh, brought to you by Blake Swihart's biggest fan. And uh, Blake has been continuing to tear it up in spring training, and um, it was described as a deluge of uh, trade interest has been deluge deluge. deluge. <laughs> oh, come on. That's the same word. That is the exact. deluge
3: and deluge.
0: It's the same thing.
1: You're it's wrong, the dude. same
0: word. All right. Well, anyhow, um, a, a big rainstorm of trade interest has been coming at uh, Dave Dombrowski. So what do you guys think of this? Do you think there's any real possibility that Blake Swihart gets moved for something of value?
1: No. Why would anyone give up? I mean, the report said that the Red Sox wanted a top prospect. And why would anybody give up a top prospect for Blake Swire? No. Why wouldn't they? I just... <laughs> what? what? <laughs> because, I love it. Why, I mean, what, what is... Really, what's the reason? Because he's having a good spring training?
0: He's having a good spring training. He's finally healthy. I mean, this is a guy that was the number one rated catching prospect in the game. This guy was a top 20 prospect at one point. So, clearly, there's sure, and still I, a lot of talent there.
1: And I think that's why the Red Sox... Um, i'm fine with the red Sox kind of holding out for an unrealistic package but i mean how many times do we have to see sam travis light up the grapefruit league before we're finally gonna just like not react at all to spring training stats you know i uh i looked I at the pictures so, so. here are the pictures that blake swyhart has had extra base hits off this spring dietrich ends two off gabriel enoa One off Jose Mesa, one off Johnny Helweg, one off Charlie Morton, and one off Chi Wei Hu. And, uh, yeah, Charlie Morton's all right, and that's about it. I mean, it's just – it means nothing to me. Wow.
0: Matt, really bringing us down right now. It's it's us. No,
1: no, no, us. No, us. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's all you, man.
3: So, Brian, you're on board with this? It is bringing us down because I would love them to trade uh, him for something – uh, good. I'd love them to. I th- you. I think have said as much. If someone's going to overpay for Swayheart, the Red Sox should obviously take it because he's not so vital to their plans that they can't afford to. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I doubt. I'm suspicious of so and so is getting nibbles uh, because I just think there's a lot of self-serving. Um, rumor planting going on and it's hard to tell what's real and what isn't I uh, do I put some stock in the fact that other teams theoretically want Swihart at a price but that's all I'm willing to sort of uh, get behind uh, given what I've seen
0: If you're a rebuilding team that doesn't have anything going at catcher right now why wouldn't you want to take that risk though?
1: But why would you want to give up a top prospect if you're a rebuilding team?
0: Say you don't give up a top prospect. Say you give up, I don't know, a back-end top 100 guy. Not like a franchise-altering player, but somebody who's, you know, has a future in the MLB. Why wouldn't you do that?
1: Uh, I mean, maybe, but I don't know. You have to really love Swyart. And there's a lot of risk in trading for a guy who hasn't really done anything for two years except play well in spring training. And I know there's injuries and it's not all Swihard's fault but at the end of the day you're you're taking a massive risk though and one that could bite you in the ass pretty quickly
0: I don't know I guess I'm just not on board because I think that a 26 year old with that prospect pedigree is not as big a risk as say you know an 18 year old prospect playing in the GCL or something like that I mean those guys are those those are big risks so if you take a a flyer on somebody who's a little bit closer in proximity like isn't that a a risk worth taking you really think
3: that the 18 year old is going to be the top prospect that's i agree with you that that's if the red sox were going to trade him some random 18 year old would be fine but i just don't see that happening also you say he's a 26 year old with a prospect pedigree he's 26 (laughs) so i uh Brian, how old was Veritek when he started catching for the Red Sox? I don't know, but I know that he was a uh, had actually been catching for some discernible amount of time. He was 26. Okay, fine, but he had been catching.
1: And also, I mean, there's a lot of guys like Veritek who didn't work out too, like. Sure. And I mean, look, I like—I don't want this to make it sound like I'm bashing Swihart. I like Swihart, and I really—I want the Red Sox to hold on to him. I just don't see a world in which another team is going to value him so much that they're going to give up something that the Red Sox would be so willing Jake, to So, Jake, you're with saying Swihart we
3: should there. take Cliff
0: Slocum for Swihart? No, I don't think that was offered. Okay. Um. Anyhow, so. Let's talk about the the roster spots here, though, because Blake Swihart is fighting for his life on the team, um, and if he doesn't get traded, there's potential that he doesn't make the roster um, just because of numbers. Do you guys feel like it would make more sense for the team to keep either Sandy Leone or Brock Holt than it would to keep Blake Swihart?
1: I don't think there's any way that Swihart doesn't make the roster or is traded. Um like if he if he's not traded then he's going to be on the roster i can't and that's i've changed my thoughts on that over the last few weeks but at this point i just don't see how he's not on the roster so Um, who,
0: who does that come at the expense of then
1: i think it's between holt and marrero for the last two spots and i think they probably should keep marrero and i think they're probably going to keep Holt.
0: what is the reasoning there do you think
1: for keeping Holt.
0: Yeah, for keeping Holt. Like I, I can't even really understand the argument at this point. Other than like uh, he's a clubhouse guy.
1: Yeah, well I think that's kinda of it. He's just been the he's kind of like an institution at this point. And again, I wouldn't it's not what I would do, but I mean I feel like he just feels like the kind of guy who they're not gonna option to put it.
3: They've certainly have been putting him out there in the spring. I mean they've not been hiding him. No, in some to some degree you don't always put guys out there that you plan on uh, necessarily plan on keeping, but he's sort of a known quantity. And the fact that they keep sending him out there for whatever reason has me agreeing with Matt. I mean, look, Marrero was also like not an inspiring player, but I think that any indications we've gotten would signal that, that Holt was going to make the team. So I think that also is part of why, the Swihart trade stuff is out there. I think it's another clue uh, to that end because I think Swihart and Holt have more potential overlap than Marrero and uh, Swihart because Marrero is a defensive specialist and Holt is not.
0: What are the indications you think that they've given so far that they're leaning towards
1: Holt? I don't know if there's... For me, if there's been any indications or it's that my default assumption has always been that they're going to keep Holt and they haven't really done anything yet to change my mind on that.
3: Yeah, I would say that. And plus the fact they're still totally moving him around everywhere in uh, in the spring training lineup. They're just really exploiting his versatility, which... Signals that that is something that they are still very interested in, which is, I mean, I know it's a it's a known quantity at this point, but just that, and just the fact that, Marrero has a very has a more limited uh, number of places he can play. I guess for me, the the whole
0: playing Holt a lot and playing him all over the diamond is just as much them advertising Holt's value to other teams as it is them wanting to see you know, what type of player he is this spring and how healthy he is and how he adapts to other positions. Like The Red Sox know everything there is to know about Holt right now. If anything, they're I, I think they're trying to prove that he's healthy.
3: Well, I agree with that, but I don't think that there's anything other teams don't know about Holt, whereas I do think there's other things they don't know about. There's possibly things they don't know about Swihart. So it's possible they're showcasing both of them, uh, but just the search the situation is is such that swyhart is a more obvious trade uh chit that would be that would be my guess
1: i'm not so sure they're trying to show other teams that Holt's healthy as much as they're trying to figure out for themselves if holt is healthy
0: yeah
1: and kind of see how he looks because i mean i think that's a big thing if holt is really healthy and he's like at his peak potential or whatever um I mean, I think he is the better player than Marrero. Speaking of
0: other infield options, did any of you guys see the picture of um, Marco Hernandez the other day running at spring training? He had no, like I his chain exactly. in his mouth or something like that, um, and he was like basically doing sprints. I was shocked at how jacked he is. I did not expect that for a guy that size.
1: I think, uh, I think where we pretty. Um, we all kind of underrate how ev- how jacked every baseball player is. We don't really think of them as athletes in the same way as like football and basketball players, but I think pretty much all these dudes are
3: jacked. This is that reminds me of uh, many years ago on Saturday Night Live when Jeter was playing and Seth Meyers he hosted the show and Seth Meyers says you know I always said I would beat the crap out of uh, Derek Jeter and I can now see I won't do that and even just seeing him sitting next to like a normal person. Uh, you're like, Oh, even the guys who don't look huge are enormous.
1: Yeah,
0: even like a guy like John Lackey is enormous.
3: <laughs> my dad was uh, in the my dad is a doctor and he lives in Arizona and he was in the in a hospital. It did this was years ago, so forgive him. But he uh, he saw this guy. He's like, who is this massive dude just hanging here? And it was shilling. He was in like the kids wing or something, and he just called me. He's like, I cannot believe how big this guy is.
0: Yeah, I had a similar experience to that when I uh, met Clemens. Uh, I was actually bartending, and Clemens came into the bar I was working at, and I was just like, "This guy is the size of two people put together. Enormous."
1: <laughs> was that a retired Clemens?
0: That was a retired Clemens. Yeah, so he was definitely he kind of let himself thicker. go. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's one
1: of those guys who let himself go after he was done.
0: Yeah, not a uh, not the most friendly guy in the world. Definitely. I uh, hate him.
1: I'm not surprised by that even a little bit.
0: Nope. Um but Doug Maribelly was. Um
3: so whoa, 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 that's exactly the opposite of his reputation.
0: Oh really? Uh, I
1: didn't that's... know Doug Maribelly had a reputation.
3: Yeah, I didn't I either. He, I thought he had a, a reputation of being sort of a
1: dick. Maybe. I've never met anybody who's ever interacted with Doug Maribelly. Huh.
3: Well, maybe the listeners
0: can can give us some stories about these two individuals. I'd like I'd like that for the next show for sure. Any Red Sox you've met and had positive or negative interactions with? I'd love to hear about it. Um, let's move on to David Price because David Price has recently been quoted as saying that he could be in line for uh, his best ever season. He says he's feeling really healthy. Um, he told Rob Bradford that you know the elbow feels normal for the first time. He feels good. Um, this is pretty intriguing stuff here. If David Price is really feeling 100%, uh, the Red Sox have a huge weapon on their hands.
1: Yeah, David Price is kind of the guy who can take this team to the next level from where they were last year. I mean, I know J.D. Martinez is kind of looked at as, as that guy, but I mean, if they get like something close to prime David Price to pair with prime Chris Sale, I mean, that's a ridiculous one-two punch um so hopefully he's right i don't really put a ton of stock into spring training quotes but i won't be the debbie downer again
0: <laughs> what about you brian what do you
3: think about this You think this is just Earth. him talking i think it's just matt saying talking i'm not going to be the debbie downer again give it like 45 seconds <laughs> um, but of course it's just him talking but the the fact with price and I've harped on this a lot and nobody who actually reads what I write is going to want to hear it. But I, if they do, they like me. So whatever. He's been better than we think. So if he's just a little bit better than he has been, that alone would be that he doesn't have to put together his best season. He just has to put together a better season than two years ago, which was D which is pretty good. Uh, So I think that what he's saying And what we're looking for for him might not be the same thing, but there's plenty of room for him to fall into that any excess value he provides is going to go a long way.
0: Yeah, that first year uh, that he played with the Red Sox was definitely a very underrated season. And we've talked about that a bunch on the show here, but 230 innings uh, struck out almost nine guys uh per nine innings um while walking under two so granted he did have a little bit of a home run problem that year and it didn't seem like he was locating as well in the zone as he typically does he was still really solid i mean the dude won 17 games for the team and uh was worth 4.4 wins by fangraphs so i don't i know matt hates fangraphs war but still the guy was well, how much
3: how much was a uh, cy young award winner rick Porcello the same year uh, let's check. Porcello. Because I think it's pretty close, if not less.
1: I don't really like any war to be.
3: Five point one. Oh, okay. So. Porcello well, Matt, I am it. Matt. I, I too hate war, but.
1: I uh, just didn't want to make it sound like I was taking out pot shots at Fangraphs though.
3: You hate all war, yeah,
0: not just Fangraphs war. Um,
1: although I do kind of particularly hate their pitcher war. I like their batter war, or whatever a fan that's war. That's the better. What?
0: I'm a fan of peace.
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I to
3: told you, 45 <laughs> seconds. It was almost on the dot.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck me.
0: All right. So um, are we buying this, though, guys? Do we really think that he has the capability this year of being vintage price? I mean, he only yeah. threw 74 innings last year. What are the odds that he, he gets the rope to throw 200-plus innings? Uh...
3: He gets the rope. I mean he has Good. the rope yeah it's just a matter of whether he can do it but i think there's a he, sure there's it's definitely possible he's very talented like i when we talk about baseball players can they do this or that at some point there is a huge raw talent factor and david price does have the raw talent
0: And he's only 32. I mean, we've seen guys come back from similar things at more advanced ages than David Price and put together vintage seasons. So it it especially wouldn't be surprising for somebody with that Cy Young pedigree.
3: That's what I'm trying to do this year, my age 40 season. Really just just knock it out of the park. I'm rooting for you. Thank
0: you. So, Matt, uh, you, you did want to uh, address what we talked about last time on the show, which is Brian's ability to get a hit in the major leagues. Can you oh, tell I'm us right why now? Brian wouldn't be able to get a hit over the course of an entire major league baseball season?
1: Uh, Because it's really hard i I don't really even know what to say like have you watched major league pitchers they're crazy good man like they are super good like if you watch a college pitcher they're really good too and then it's gonna be like a hundred times that my biggest issue was how easy you guys thought it was to bunt
0: Three months. We we said three months for him to there learn how to There
1: are so bunt. many major league players who can't bunt major league pitching, and they've been doing it for more than three months.
3: Let's... No, but they don't practice they don't practice bunting specifically. Exactly. For three do in a row. not for three months in a row. They pitch. I'm in the Chili Davis Pitchers.
0: situation where even though he's not with Sox anymore, uh, he just works with Brian on bunting every single day.
1: I think that brian would get hit in the hand with a bunt pretty early on and then you would just be flinching every mm-hmm. time and that's nothing personal to you i'd be doing the same thing too wow brian i think if he any of us are playing Joe. first base we the red sox might win 60 games if we were playing there every day
0: so you think that essentially we'd be worth negative 30 war
1: yeah yeah So I was thinking about this. What do you think the worst player to appear in a major league game in any given season, if they were to play 162 games, what do you think their war would be like minus five? I would say. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm at least six times worse at baseball than that guy.
0: But isn't there like a limit where you just bottom out and like, if you just go up there and do nothing every single time.
1: I think if we're just talking about an average schmo like us, I don't know if there is a limit.
0: There's got to be some math done on this type of scenario. Brian, you're oddly quiet for someone whose manhood
3: is being attacked right now.
1: I said it had nothing to do with Brian. You can substitute me in if you want.
3: I have result. said it has nothing to do with me too. Uh, I don't I, – I didn't really want to review this because I just don't – I think it's a matter – like I, it's a purely hypothetical exercise that I'm – my my theory is that if I, if I just keep swinging the bat, eventually the ball might hit the bat and if it hits the bat the ball's going really fast it might just dunk over someone's head and you try that 700 times i think you they...
1: might be able to get a hit
3: my that's issue all is more... i'm saying i am not my saying issue is right.
1: more with the fact that you guys thought that the red Sox would be at least a 500 team flabbergasted me <laughs> That's all I have to say on the matter.
0: Looking back on the matter, I do think that maybe maybe we were a little generous with the wind totals. I, I said, I
3: started to backtrack, and Jake said, no, that sounds about right, and ended the discussion. But I think that... Oh, yeah.
0: Blame it on me, Brian.
3: Oh, I'm not blaming it on you. I'm just saying that I think Matt is overstating it, and we understated it.
1: That's all. I made a scene in the Target parking lot when I heard you guys say that, so. <laughs>
0: I would have liked to see that. What were you you in there doing? Were you you just shopping for stuff and you were listening to it, or or what was happening?
1: I was pulling into Target when you guys were talking about that, and I had to take a few minutes to collect myself before I went to the store.
0: That's amazing. We got him, Bri. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I mean, now it's all worth it. (laughs) (laughs) To hear that, that's fantastic.
0: (laughs) All right, so let's move on from Price here to another pitcher in the rotation, uh, Drew Pomerantz. He left a, a spring training start, uh, his first spring, spring training start with an apparent uh, elbow irritation. It came back that that was just a flexor strain, so it seems like that's going to be a minor issue uh, and good news overall for Pomerantz in terms of it not being a serious injury. Um, how does this affect the rotation going forward, guys? Do you think it has any sort of lasting effects?
1: Well, I think uh, it's just something to keep an eye on for his next couple starts. I mean, I know he feels good now, and I have no reason to doubt uh, that it won't be a big deal, but you just never know with elbow injuries. So just something to keep an eye on and hope that they don't have to uh, dip any further into the depth chart when the season starts.
0: What's your confidence level in Brian Johnson right now?
1: I don't know how to answer that. On a scale of 1 to 10, like... uh, five like, I don't know he's fine
0: do you think he can come up and be a serviceable starter let's say he had to start for I don't know a month of the season do you think that he would do okay
1: yeah I think you could live with that I think he would probably have a couple of rough starts in there and a couple of fine ones and you can live with that for a month I wouldn't want him in my rotation all year but I'm fine with him as the guy to start in the fifth spot to start the year
0: any preference for you, Brian, on the fifth spot? Do you still think it's it's Johnson's to lose?
3: They seem to like him, and... He's out of options. He's out of options. I... I the thing with Pomerantz is that last year's Pomerantz was the exception to Pomerantz. It, I mean, isn't it his thing that he gets hurt a lot? So, uh, we'll see what happens. I With guys like that, I sort of just always expect the next injury to be around the corner so i mean i sort of considered last year found money with him well no. i
1: kind of reject that premise
3: yeah and I, it's
1: a very popular one but i don't and i've said it before too but i'm i look more into it and i don't really know where it came from made 32 starts last year 31 appearances the year before with 30 starts 53 appearances the year before with nine starts. I mean, he's been pretty healthy for a few years running now.
0: I agree. I was just going to say the same exact thing.
3: Then
1: he's due. <laughs> you,
0: know <how> baseball, <laughs> you know how baseball works? Then he's yeah. then he's due. I don't know. Those are some pretty important years to be healthy, though. Basically, we're talking about 26-, 27-, 28-year-old seasons that he pitched substantial innings uh, and, and made a lot of appearances when he was still be being used out of the pen And this year, he's pitching for a contract. So I guess I would be more surprised if he didn't put up another 170-inning-plus season.
1: I hope so. He deserves to get paid next year.
3: Sure. I would not be surprised whatsoever if he pitched under 170 innings because I would not be surprised if any pitcher, except for maybe Max Scherzer, didn't pitch 170 innings. Yeah. Just for injury reasons, that's it. Even Chris Sale, even David Price, all of them. Spike a goddamn tongue.
0: <laughs> Do you know he finished with the same ERA two years in a row, 332? I just realized that. Pomerantz,
1: he yeah. those two seasons are, like, crazy similar. Yeah. 3.85 in 2016, 3.84 in 2017. I did a whole thing about this not too long ago, but I don't remember the other similarities.
0: Yeah, it, it, the only real difference I see is that he gave up a little bit fewer home runs uh, in 2017. Um, and one more games, but yeah, pretty much identical.
1: Yeah. yeah I love pomerants
0: All right. So moving on to other spring training news, um, the event that you guys have all been waiting for happened. Mookie Betts got his first hit and he was rewarded with a really ugly, freaky statue thing of him that someone, made. what the <laughs> hell was that thing that you tweeted out the other day, Matt?
1: Uh, I don't know. It's like some figurine that some company was selling that I saw on Reddit and it freaked me out. So I had to share it with the world. It's called <laughs> Ikis, I think is how you say it. I don't know. It's weird.
0: Yeah. It really didn't do him justice. Mookie Betts is a handsome man and that thing is horrifying <laughs> looking.
1: Yeah. It, it doesn't look like Mookie Betts.
3: So yeah. like a people will buy episode. anything. People will buy anything. Uh, that's my only takeaway, because that was horrifying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you if you haven't seen it yet, please uh, go to the OTM Twitter and horrify yourself. Um, so, yeah. Any thoughts on Mookie, guys? Any any concerns or anything, or you guys just like think it's pretty funny that he didn't get a hit until now?
1: I don't know if it's funny, but I don't think it's concerning either. I think it's
3: hilarious. <laughs> You know, I did, I was listening to, what on earth was I listening to today? Um, was that the Baseball Tonight podcast? It was not, oh, it was no, it was the game. I was listening to the game today. And they, uh, they were saying that the, the feeling around the team was that Benintendi was going to be the team's MVP. And as much as I would like to agree with that, I no longer believe that.
1: Hanley said that uh, Benintendi yeah, was going to be the MVP.
3: That's yeah, okay. That's what? That's, what they're gonna yeah. that's yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> hey, come on now. <laughs> I mean, I it last year's OTM predictions. I'm just saying. I mean, I love Benintendi. I as said much that as the he was going to be the
1: guy, team MVP but... last year. <sighs> I did say that.
0: Come on, guys. He's not even. He's not. It was a
1: bold prediction, Jake. Let's he's get not the
0: comparable talent-wise to Mookie Betts, though. Can we agree he's with that? He's
3: comparable yeah, talent-wise think... to Mookie Betts. He's just not as good. But you could compare them. I mean he's – It's. I don't mean that you can compare any two guys, but it's within reason that he puts up a better season than Betts. It's not likely, but it's definitely within reason. Ah, man, I don't know.
0: I, I think that there, there will be a point in time where Mookie Betts has a worse year than Benintendi at the same time. But I don't yeah. think that that will happen for some years.
1: I, think I don't see why it couldn't happen this year. I don't think it's going to happen very often, but it could happen. I don't know. This is a stupid conversation. I'm, sorry.
3: I'm did... Yeah, no, I was just telling you what Hanley said, Jake. I know.
1: They... I yeah. like I like that quote. I love Hanley. You do That's like classic Hanley. Hanley being a weirdo.
3: He's just stirring
0: the pot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Trying to get Jake all riled up, and it worked.
0: That's right. <laughs> all right. Any more thoughts on this? No?
1: I don't even know what we were talking about, so no.
0: Okay. All right. So uh, Alex Kaur, a new manager of the Boston Red Sox, has recently said that the bullpen could have no lefties in it to start the year. Um, do you guys actually believe him when he says this? And also he says that he's not going to have a set eighth inning guy. Uh, everybody kind of thinks it's going to be Carson Smith, but I mean, I guess it could be a mixture of guys. What do you guys think?
1: Um, so at the eighth inning, I think he's definitely telling the truth there. Um, these guys are c- close enough. Uh, Smith, Kelly, Barnes, Thornberg, if and when he's healthy, they're relatively close enough where you kind of just want to use their skill sets wherever um, they make the most sense. So if you're facing a team with a lot of righties who struggle against sliders, then you're going to want to use Smith in the most important parts. If you're facing teams with good lefties, Thornberg is the best guy at getting lefties out of that group. You need a ground ball. Kelly's the guy. You need a strikeout. Barnes is the guy. So I think that uh, we all want Smith to be that guy, but he hasn't really proven it yet. So until they definitely have a dominant force, then you kind of just play the matchups and whatever makes the most sense at any given time.
0: Would you guys agree that if everybody is – at their peak health, though, that Carson Smith has a higher level than any of those other guys in the bullpen, aside from Kimbrel.
1: Mm, yeah, but I think uh, Thorberg's probably a little bit closer than people give it credit for.
3: That's true. I, I think that we really just got to wait to see it with Thornburg. I just, you know, Carson yeah, Smith I went have... through a lot too, and he came back and he seems to be just as good. But it seems like Thornburg's was a degree of it was a degree more uh so yeah we'll see i hope he pushes carson smith because jake to answer your question i think carson smith is in a vacuum the best option um and then another way to look at it is if Kimbrell got hurt who do you think would close and if it was one person i would say probably carson yeah smith.
1: i think that's a different discussion though because even if smith is like the clear best guy the eighth inning isn't always going to be the time you want to use that guy you know Like if the middle of the order is coming out in the seventh, then you use Carson Smith then.
0: Yeah. I think he's just leaving it open to have that flexibility, right? Yeah. By
1: saying this. Yeah. I think that was my biggest takeaway probably.
3: And getting back to the lefty thing, I think my fascination with Bobby Pointer aside, it does seem to me that if they have a lefty, it's likely to be Pointer. It's in part of the reason I say it is that in these same conversations where Cora says maybe we won't have a lefty, he's going he's gone out of his way to talk up pointer so as much as that means anything uh that that was my take on it so
1: yeah i mean i think they're probably going to carry a lefty at some points and then at some points they're not um i mean it's not like they have brandon workman and austin maddox and the lefties kind of fighting for a couple of spots so none of those guys are so good that somebody's going to like demand a spot they'll just kind of Depending on who's coming up and who they're playing, they'll uh, have those guys riding the bus back and forth from Pawtucket.
0: I still really like uh, Brandon Workman, and he's got one option left as well, which makes him kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I like Workman too. Um, I don't know how big a ceiling is, but I think he's – I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's better than Heath Embry, for
3: example. Fewer players have had the more on-the-nose name than Brandon Workman. Yeah, it's, he That's really true. is. He really is that guy. He's a workmanlike guy. Getting back to
0: Thornburg though, I am really worried about the recovery from the thoracic outlet surgery. It seems like that is a surgery that has tripped up a lot of pitchers and prevented them from ever being as good as they previously were. I mean, what is your level of concern with this, uh, Matt?
1: I am extremely concerned and I'm pretty much expecting nothing from him this year. I think anything Thornburg gives them is a bonus. Um, There are guys who have come back from this procedure and look pretty good. Um, Jaime Garcia, Chris Young, other guys that I'm forgetting. But, I mean, there's been Matt Harvey and Tyson Ross. There's been a lot of high-profile guys who just haven't looked the same, and until Thornburg shows that he is the same guy, I'm just going to assume that he's kind of done, at least for the year.
3: You feel the same way, Brian? Well, I'm surprised, given what Matt was just saying about Thornburg, to hear him turn around and say that, but... uh... Well, Jake...
1: Whoa, whoa. Jake said that if everybody was healthy. Okay.
3: No, okay, but still, it... I'm not... I'm not... I'm not owning you or slamming you I sounded like
1: I was getting roasted right there
3: no 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 I did not get out of my car in the Target parking lot and just start throwing carts around (laughs) smashing Uh, windshields it's unbelievable but uh, I I am similarly pessimistic and I think that is why I think I sort of indicated that before but I'm not optimistic on Thornburg at all
0: yeah I am not optimistic either. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he recovers. It's it you know a lot of outlets are actually predicting him to pitch a significant number of innings this year. I'm looking at one projection system right here has him at 46 innings pitched with 57 strikeouts and an ERA under three. Uh, I would be shocked if he had numbers anywhere close to that this year. Who's that? This is from Roster Resource. Uh, their projections, which I think they might the be pulled from. Um, baseball prospectus. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does seem, seems really favorable.
1: Yeah, that's a, I'll take the under (laughs) on that. All
0: right. So we're going to move to listener questions now. We've got uh, a bunch of different questions today. Our first one comes from Clayton Trutor, and uh, he asks us, who has been more influential on fashion in New Hampshire, Lou Marloni or Kevin Euclidus? uh truthfully guys i don't even know what this means and i, I have no i do idea. not understand this
1: question <laughs> yeah like what this... <laughs> i was kind of hoping you weren't gonna read this one
3: yeah Did, brian <laughs> do you have any clue what this guy's talking about i know that guy's name because i remember he had a website called american polymath and i thought that was a great name for oh, a site
0: oh, that is a good name
3: um but i don't have any idea i'll go with Euclid because you merloni on like merloni is sort of a I don't know. He's not as charming as I would have expected or is, in fact, the opposite uh, a lot of the time. Whereas Euclid, I mean, I'm talking social media, which is an outgrowth, obviously, of Merloni being on the radio. But um, Euclid is just a great guy and a great dude, and he's got no hair, and neither do I, so I'm going with Euclid. Yeah, I guess from what I know about Yuke, you
0: know, he just opened up a brewery in, I think, the Bay Area. I think he seems like a pretty cool guy. I bet he has decent None of this style.
3: Has a, I, a I, I, yeah, well, here's here's what has here's something that's relevant. Do you remember when Yuke was like, I'm going to play my last year in Japan just because I want to live in Japan? Yeah, Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. That, he, you know he got style. He went there. He saw things that we can't even comprehend. It's like you watch <laughs> any cooking show, they go there and they're like oh i thought i knew everything then i got to japan literally every show i've every never show seen so. that in
1: any area of life but i'm uh, gonna take your road for it i would really and, like uh, to go to i show. would i would but, love uh, it if we weren't talking about this question anymore
3: <laughs> i love this question uh, yeah i'm gonna say
0: yuk all right next question comes from new year dave and he says what do you think is the biggest concern with position players this year uh, Brian, what's your biggest concern with position players?
3: I guess what's going to happen with Pedroia. Hmm. Okay. What do you think is going to happen with Pedroia? I hope he's better. I'm not, you know, I'm not convinced. But I think that this is a, it's a good problem. First of all, it's not good for Dustin Pedroia that this problem is like far down the list now, but I think that uh, there's a there's a chance that he's not not all that great, which is fine. Uh, you know, his defense is going to be good. We know that, but I think that the biggest question is how much he's recovered, and. Even if he has, how sustainable that recovery is. We've talked about it before that this, he was trying to recover in such a way that would help him stay healthy longer instead of just getting back up to speed and jumping back in. So we'll see that. But I think the thing is, we just don't know at this point. Matt, do you have a different guy?
1: uh I don't have a guy, but I was going to say infield defense. Okay. Um, Devers, Bogarts. Nunez isn't great, Hanley's probably going to be seeing some time at first, like Brian said, we don't know when is going to be back, or how long he's going to be back for, so I think the infield defense could be a little rough this year.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with both of those things, I think I'll add my healthy skepticism of Hanley Ramirez uh, having a good season at the plate um, to this, so um, yeah, I think that's where I'm at with that. Uh, Brian Phillips has our next question. He says, what would it take to acquire Bartolo from the Rangers? I can, can't see a title run without a dynamic, versatile presence, presence like him on the roster in 2018. I'll hang up and listen. Um, Guys, what would prime it take?
3: Prime rib? To... Huh? <laughs> prime rib? Prime rib? Just one, one prime rib
0: night you think would
3: do it? No, 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 no. A lot more... A lot. Do you know that the Boston molasses flood? Of course you do. You're a historian. Yep. That, that, forget prime rib, just that amount of molasses, again, for him. <laughs> that moved several
0: buildings off of their foundations.
3: You know, for the, apparently, for summers long afterward, you could smell it. Yeah. When it this comes is to
1: the And I'm not being sarcastic. I didn't know any of this. Yeah.
3: Wow. Yeah. It was a very uh,
0: shoddily constructed uh, tub. I don't,
3: I don't think that if a team wanted to inquire uh, Bartolo Colon, that it would be very difficult.
1: I don't think. Uh, didn't he just sign with them? Yeah, he did. So he can't be traded. It would be very difficult. Really? He can't be traded until June
3: fifteenth. Oh. Well, I don't think they'd be going after him until then anyway. Um. Well. I think. Would... We'll see.
1: I yeah, okay. <laughs> I didn't know we were really taking that question too seriously.
3: No, it's hilarious.
0: Yeah, you know. <laughs> um all right, next question here is Daniel J. Turnbull. He says what role will Stephen Wright uh, what role will Stephen Wright have this year, especially with injury concerns already plaguing Drew Pomerantz? And Blake Swihart looks incredibly driven, obviously put a ton of work in the offseason, performing head and shoulders above Sandy Leon. What should be done there? Thanks, guys.
3: Hey,
1: I have no reason to believe sandy leone did anything but put in a ton of work in the off season. so i just want to throw that out there
3: i'm also not sure didn't. that i'm not sure that swyhart has done enough to pass leone catching wise i'm not no. sure that's i agree i, I wrote think...
1: about this the other day i don't think we've uh talked enough about how much we don't know about swyhart's defense not only catching but just like all over the place
0: I don't know, man. I'm going to go back to the fact that all of his scouting reports on his defense were always very, very positive throughout the minor leagues.
1: They were positive in that people thought that he was going to be able to get to the point where he could be a good defensive catcher, but then he lost a couple years of that development.
0: But he's also been working with this same staff, a lot of the same pitchers, for now the last three years. And even though he's been hurt for some of this time, I'm sure he's sitting in on meetings and... You know, figuring out what these guys like to throw and how they like their games called and all that stuff.
3: Yeah, but every catcher does that.
1: Yeah, and he yeah. might be fine, but I mean, we know Sandy Leon is going to be a solid
3: defensive presence. Jake, but, you take you you just you love him so much. Take it so personally.
0: He's really good. I just I just he's not he, really good.
3: <laughs> he's really good. He's, he might be.
1: Yeah. I don't know that. I would not be that confident in saying that, but he might be.
3: He's good compared to me. He will get more than one (laughs) hit. We're
1: not going into that again.
3: No, No, we did. I just... No,
0: Brian, Brian. (laughs)
3: Uh...
0: (laughs) All right. Well, that about does it for listener questions. So with that, uh, anything else you guys want to add before we close out the show today?
1: I can't wait until there's actual baseball to talk about.
3: Uh, I just... I was... In listening to the game today, Tim Neverett was talking about uh, the other guy who was announcing it wasn't Castiglione, I don't, I don't know who it was, said that Chris Archer did Muay Thai, and it was he was starting to be like, oh, what is that? And Tim Everett busts in and is like, oh, it's great. I went to Bangkok a few years ago. I went to a Muay Thai uh, like, match, and it was awesome. And I, I am honestly saying it was cool. So that's just another way of saying that I love baseball on the radio, and I'm glad it's back. I would like real baseball to happen now. I don't That's know what to it. respond to. That. Oh, there's no story there's no story except Timother went to Bangkok and saw Muay Thai. All
0: right. That's Very happy. Well, yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm glad that uh I'm glad that he, he did that. He's um, excited. our announcers span their horizons. Yeah, it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. All right, we're gonna get off this podcast right now. Um if you did enjoy this one by some uh, act of God, um you can uh, follow us on twitter or uh yeah
1: that's what it's called
0: yep twitter uh the twitter machine you can follow brian at brian joiner brian with a y joiner with an i you can follow matt collins on twitter at at matt r y collins and you can follow myself on twitter at at dev jake if you like the show you can subscribe to us on itunes stitcher anywhere you get podcasts and we will be with you next week